Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells cunt. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jessie. I'm Amanda. And we're doing the thing. We hope you enjoyed the four-part series on Erin Kathy. Oh, we had a lot of fun putting it together. She was a mess, wasn't she? Well, yeah, especially because I like how you like slow played it too. Like at first, I was thinking like, oh, okay, well maybe maybe she isn't the killer, right? Like she's just an ancillary character in this entire story. And then it turns out like, oh no no no, sis, she is the story. And I was like, holy you're like, shit! <laughs> you're like, is she the story, or is the boyfriend the story? Am I the drama? You know, it's one of those moments. But then I also felt like. I could have wrapped this up in one fell swoop. Well, yeah, but I, I'm glad you didn't because, like, the the characters themselves, like, there were four people who contributed, so it was just, like, a whole... It was a whole thing, so I'm glad you... You know... Gave us the details. Bobby. Bobby, the girlfriend, who didn't have to be a part of it, and then in the end, she's, like, a big part of it. She was basically her co-conspirator. Like, honestly, like... The boys, surprisingly enough, were the ones who were like, I don't want to do any of this. Like, I literally couldn't. What surprised me the most was the letters Bobby was writing her boyfriend from prison with no remorse that she was involved in this. She was just like basically going like, yep, I did it. And I'm I'm a cool badass bitch. And here's how I did it and all this shit. And you're like, what the? Girl, like, and, that and she look good. she's writing her boyfriend kites. I love you, love your whistling Dixie. Like, like they're in separate classrooms, not separate prisons. Exactly, and it's just crazy too because it's like, I would assume most people know nowadays that everything you say in prison, besides stuff to your lawyer, is totally on the record. Like everything. Well, I mean, she trusted her Sally. Don't trust your Sally. No. There's a whole show about it. No, exactly. Cellmate confessions. What do you think your cellmate's trying to do? Cut a fucking deal. Get out of there. 100%. They're and like, what'd you do? Oh, you just stole bread? Mm-mm. Can I have a new Sally, please? Pretty much. Although, at the same time, it could be a nice break from, you know, other cellmates who may be a little, you know, a little more mental. <laughs> Big Bertha who <laughs> murdered her boyfriend truck driver yeah. who was yeah if i'm gonna go with bread bread stealer person versus eileen warnos mm-hmm. i would go bread ste- you know what i'm saying me like, too you know me too because guess what it don't matter what eileen tells me i ain't cut no fucking deals on eileen absolutely not because she'll shank you before you get there she'd find a way she gonna shank you just for thinking about it yeah and just so y'all know like i'm actually kind of sympathetic towards Eileen. Like, I don't think what she did was right by any means, but she had a dog shit life, you know? Oh so yeah, 100%. We're not saying by any means, but just that of the two. Bread thief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, well, speaking about reality in real life, what's going on with your life this week? <laughs> well, it's a terrible you transition. know, I've, I've had some time with the new bougie bed. Oh, yeah. Okay, so frame of reference, we talked about it on some of the Aaron episodes, but you bought a new bed, which is a mattress, we should say, because bed yeah. frame mattress. Whole yeah, different things. new mattress. Yes. First of all, let me rewind. We got a sleep number bed, mm. which <laughs> my husband, bless his heart, calls the sleep bed. 
which he's not wrong. You do sleep in it. So he called it the sleep bed inside the store. <laughs> That's awesome. I do love how. And the lady was like, I'm sorry, what? I was like, sleep number. He means sleep number. So you buy these beds, first of all. I don't even know, like, I can't even, the price of these beds is ridiculous, first of all. Yeah. I'm financing it for the next 45 years. And you have to download an app to be able to work your bed. Oh, it doesn't come with like a, I thought it came with a remote. Not anymore. Oh, okay. Let's get real. First of all, the first thing we're going to do is lose the remote. Just like when your ceiling fan has a remote, what happens? You lose the motherfucker. Even if you put it in like a side table drawer, you're like, this is where this will go. No. Nope. No. It's gone. So you have to wait for the bed to be delivered. Like we were like three weeks out. So you get these emails. This is what you need to do to prepare for your delivery. And one of those things was download the app and set up the app and get it ready. Sure. Well, you have to name your bed. And I think it's because in case you're super rich and not a normal Joe Blow like me, and you're going to have more than one in your home. And I'm sure it means like master bedroom, Stacy's room, Johnny's room, guest bedroom. But y'all have met me, right? I'm like, it wants me to name my bed. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to name it the bougie bed. But I didn't know how to name, how to spell bougie, right? (laughs) You You didn't Google it? No. (laughs) I like where this is going. (laughs) So I named the bed. Now, my husband knew I named the bed, but he didn't realize the bed was named on the app. Right. Okay. Okay. So fast forward three weeks. They come, they set up the bed. I'm at work. Because mm-hmm. they came at like 10 o'clock in the morning. First of all, you get a notification on your app that they're on their way. And you get to watch them on the map, the little sleep number logo. Do, 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 down the road to your house. What? Yeah, that was kind of cute. I that's did that cool. from work. Okay, that's cool. So they come, they set up the bed. I get home from work. I'm all excited. Yay, I'm going to go lay in my new bed. I pull up the app. To link the app with the bed. I'd forgot my setup. I had named the bed. And I pull up the app. And I see the name of the bed. And that's when I realize. The delivery men. When they set up the bed. And linked it to my husband's app on his phone. They have seen the name of the bed. No dude. (laughs) (laughs) So these people saw you name your bed. Bougie. It's not bougie because I couldn't spell bougie. Oh, oh no. What does it spell? My bed's name is Miss Fancy Pants. So these guys like pull up to your house. They're like, we have a Miss Fancy Pants for delivery. So I don't know. I don't think it's on their paperwork, but it was definitely on my <sighs> husband's phone when they took <sighs> his phone no. and set up the bed with the app. And so you're like, good. This is good. This is, this is right. This is exactly how I wanted this to go. Phenomenal. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. So I did not change it after this. I'm like, oh, I forgot I did that. And he's like, yeah, you did. 
Well, but you know, in, in your defense, I would have done the same thing. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, this is my app. Like I, I'm, I'm the only one myself and my husband, kids, maybe you'll see this. Yeah. I'm going to make it something fun. I'm not just going to be like master bedroom. You know what I mean? Why not? I mean, Cause this is the fanciest bed on the planet. Yeah. Oh, and what's the report on the sleep? How's it going? It is phenomenal. More than once this week, at least twice. Can't really remember, but I know for a fact, at least twice, I have fallen asleep without taking a sleep gummy. That's impressive. Because you don't sleep. No, I do not. So that just shows you that it's really a good bed. So do you also have to name your side? No, our signs just have our names, but now that you say that, I'm wondering if I can rename Mm -hmm. my husband's side of the bed. But you know what I could do? If I knew he was at home in bed right now, I could fuck with his side of the bed. (laughs) Oh, no shit? No shit. Okay. Well, that's... Can you lock your side of the bed? You know what I mean? No, you cannot. Uh Well, that's a fault right there. We're already testing. We're, we're testing faults. <laughs> but I could go. See, I know every day when he gets home from work and I'm still working, he takes a nap. Ah. So if I really wanted to, I could open my app and be like, and <laughs> raise his up. feet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got the one. So it's actually kind of tempurpedic too. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Ooh, that is nice. So you can raise up the headpiece, mm-hmm. and I just realized we're fully, fully in geriatric mode right now. We're yes, fully I am. In, yes, I am. We're, and, we're, honestly, I'm getting jazzed about this. The idea of being able to like move my headboard up to read in bed. Oh my god! So there's actually a mode on my app that says reading, <laughs> and I can push it, and it adjusts the head and the feet to read comfortably in bed. There's a separate one for TV watching. And then there's one, it's called Zero G. What's that one? It's to put you in the proper position to take all of the pressure off your joints, like you're in zero gravity. Is that the one you use? When I'm just chilling in bed, yes. It does it feel like that? Like, are you really? It feels amazing. Oh my God. That would be amazing. I'm not gonna lie, this this is awesome. This is um, awesome. I'm so excited right now. So the bottom of my bed is a foot warmer. Shut up, dude. But I have to scoot down at least six to eight inches for my feet to reach the warming <laughs> zone because I'm so short. Oh. <laughs> uh, but can you move the warming zone up? Or probably no. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you could like adjust that. No. And then... If I got to go TT in the middle of the night, hmm. when I get out of bed, there's a light under the bed that turns <gasps> on. Oh my God, dude. It senses when I get out of the bed. That's awesome. And then it keeps track of my heart rate and my, I don't know, other things in my sleep. I am honestly wildly impressed right now. I'm like, hmm. Like, that sounds amazing. I, I can send you a 20% off code. Oh, you, of referral? Friend referral? Mm-hmm. Nice. Dude, that's incredible. It keeps track of your sleep, your restlessness, like how your hours that you're restless in the night, and it will show you a bar graph. 
See, that's cool. Cause then you can actually, I'm assuming you can then go to your doctor, you know, if ever you're like having a problem more than usual mm-hmm. and go, look, man, you can tell I've been restless. There's my, here's my sleep app. That's so fucking cool, man. I had no idea they had that many like features, add-ons, all this shit. That's really cool. When you buy the one that is $400 billion. <laughs> You're like, you, it sure should better be. <laughs> and you finance it for 45 years. Do you see why I named her Miss Fancy Pants? Yes, I do. Yes, and I do. we did not get the one that split all the way down the middle. It's only split the top like third. Okay, because I was going to ask, because that's the one I'm used to. It's on the commercials. Is that, is where it's like, what's it called? Where it's like kind of half the bed moves, the other half moves? Yeah, it's called split top. Oh. And you have to have special sheets. But let me tell you a secret that the nice little sales lady told us when we were paying our $4,500 billion. Please do. She said, the sleep number sheets are about $250 (gasps) to fit the split top bed. Ooh. She goes, but you can get them online for about $50. Okay, that's worth it. Because even just nice, like, whatever, 500, 600 third count sheets are like 500, you know, or, or sorry, $50. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a I cool think difference. they were like $60, $65, and they were like a good thread count, and they were like soft and stuff. I did not buy the fucking sleep number. Absolutely sheets. not. That's a, that's a, let me go on Amazon and find a fucking cheaper yeah, version that's, of this. Yeah, that's where I got them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, congratulations. I gotta say, that was a very smart purchase. I mean, you do spend I like, mean, what, a third of your life in bed is what they say? I don't know if it is. It, here's the thing. You get a hundred night trial or whatever. So I maybe, you know. I'm taking that hundred nights. Like it's amazing and I love it, but it's a big purchase. It's a lot of anxiety. Yeah. No, but it also to your point, it's not like you're gonna be up and going to get another bed next week. You know what I'm saying? Like this is probably the bed that'll stick around for with y'all for a hot minute. See, look, it tells oh. you your heart rate, your breathe rate, and then this HRV. I don't really know what that is. It gives you a sleep score. Ooh, you got a 74, girl, you passed. <laughs> You can move on to the the next grade. See, like there's your bar graph. Dude, that's incredible. You can even enter your activities to track your, (laughs) I don't know. Activities? You can track activities in bed? No. (laughs) It's like your exercise. Oh, got it. To go along like a whole health profile. Yeah, it'll connect with your Fitbit I don't know what that little heart thing is and your... Oh, Apple Heart, Apple Health. And whatever that one is. Oh, I don't know what that one is. That's cool. Though. But doesn't your... You have a Samsung watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. So would it would it go to that? Like No. Huh. But even still, it's still freaking cool because the thing is, so I have an Apple watch, right? And, I, and it does kind of the same thing. But the thing is, is the battery life doesn't last me long enough to go like a full day because then I have to charge it to then use it the next day. So I just charge it every night instead of wearing it at night to track my sleep. Now you can track your phone, use your phone to do that. But again, you got to charge it sometime. So see, it's cool that your bed just does that. My watch, Mm -hmm. I, if it's fully charged, the only time I have to charge it is when I'm in the shower. Mm -hmm. And then I only have to 
fully charge it about every two weeks, I think. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Mm -mm. That's awesome. Ah, well, that's awesome. That's a cool, that's a good way to start off a week, right? Or well, actually, because you got it on like a, what, a, a Saturday, a Friday? A Wednesday. Oh, on a Wednesday. Ooh. I know. It was delivery. It was one of those like, be here from noon to nine. And you're like, great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Let me took off work. Not me. Nah. But I, I will say, you were sprightly. You came in, you were like, ah. I am super refreshed. I feel good. Oh, that was... <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. Well, that was because, you know, I took two days off of work last week. Oh, my God. Well, really? Oh, uh, no. It was one work day. Uh-huh. And the day I should have off. I.e. Saturday. Mm -hmm. You didn't come in on your Saturday, which you always come in on your Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, fuck that shit. Yeah, mm -hmm. but there's a whole other story that, that we won't go into. Mm, yeah, no. <sighs> I digress. Because it gives, it raises Jess's blood pressure while I'm like, hmm. meh. Yeah, well, because I feel like people should be treated correctly for the amount of work that they put in. I feel like you just need to eat a gummy and catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm already there. That's true. That's very true. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know me, not much going on on my end. It's mainly me just work from home. I know. I feel like you need to leave your house. I do. I leave my home. I go places. I went to San Diego the other weekend. It was really fun. I had a good time. And did you mm -hmm. go to places in San Diego? Yeah, actually. Yeah. We ate a lot. We pretty much ate everywhere. That's what we did. <laughs> Not mad at it, but isn't that what vacation is? Yes. That's a Jim Gaffigan bit, but it's true. Eating in a new place. So it was great. It was good times. What are you trying to say? That I need to get out of my house? Yes. No. No. I'm going to sit and watch true crime documentaries in my home until I die. <laughs> until I I'm mean, that skeleton at the TV. I'm currently watching... Handmaid's Tale till I die, but mm. I do leave my house too, though. Yeah, I know. I leave my home? Why does everybody think I don't leave my home? I leave my home. It's just because whenever you guys come over, I'm at home because you're coming over. See? Mm -hmm. Where was the last place you went in town? I went to a bar downtown, a little cantina, and met a friend for happy hour last Thursday? Thursday before last. Yeah. On a weeknight? Yeah, girl. On told a school you. night? I told you I'm getting back out there. On a school night? Yes, ma'am. We don't go out on a school night. See, okay, what do you want? You want me to go out or you don't want me to go out? I don't want you to go out on a school night. <laughs> I go, I want to bring damn well, please, Amanda. That's out of control. <laughs> it was very nice. It was a cute little, like, Mexican place. They did, like, traditional, some traditional stuff. And we had palomas, which, you know, tequila vodka. Or, no, tequila grapefruit. Delicious. Yeah, it was really I was fun. concerned that you were drinking tequila and vodka for a second. <sighs> no. On a too. school night. No. No. <laughs> now that would be a different story, but no, it was really nice. I had a good time. So yes, I'm getting back out there. Yes, I know. It's just taken me a while because, you know, COVID be out there still, unfortunately. And monkeypox and polio and 
All the new other diseases that were now popping back up. I got my flu shot on Thursday. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It is flu season as well. Mm-hmm. They give it to us at work. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I think my work does too. I need to check that out. But I've never gotten a flu shot. Not to say I don't want one. Obviously, I'm very pro-vaccine. I'm just saying like I've just never gotten one. I get one every year. The one time I skipped about seven years ago or so, mm-hmm. I got the motherfucking flu Twice in one year. Oh, God. That's awful. Ugh. That's why I get it every year. You're like, fuck that. I'm never doing that again. Every year. Yeah. Every yeah. year. They have H-E-B pharmacists come in and give us all the flu shots. Ooh, love that. Mm-hmm. You know we love H-E-B. If you've heard us, if you've listened to us at Ad Fucking All, you know we love H-E-B. It's our grocery store down here in Texas and they're amazing. I actually heard somebody call us a cult. Well, good. Yep. 100%. I'm in it. I don't even give a shit. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the H-E-B cult. <laughs> Have you tried their meal simple soups? The ones in the plastic containers that you can just pop the top off and heat up? No. Damn it. Are they like all different types of soups? You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, I do love a soup. I'm I kind know of you who, do. Soup all year round, baby. I you know. It's controversial. Get ready for this. Mm-hmm. About four weeks ago. I ate soup every day for lunch at work. Oh, yes. And see, and it was still warm then. How do you feel? You feel awesome, right? I mean, the soup was good. Yeah. But my office is like Antarctica, so it was like it was winter. Exactly. And that's another thing. What the fuck? Why? Why does it have to be so damn cold inside an office building? I remember when we were working in the office, like I would have to wear a freaking like winter jacket. And then I'd walk outside and be like, look like a freaking idiot because I'm walking outside with like a coat on and I'm like, oh, hey. I bought myself a little bitty space heater and put it on my desk. Smart. Now this is a no-no. It's like a fucking company no-no. And after a lot of years of working here, I finally went, fuck you. I did it anyways. Mm-hmm. It actually does not look like a space heater. It looks like a little old timey radio. And hey. so I'm like. Fuck you. I'm tired of being cold. Something did get said, and I said, you know what? It's really not fair that half this office gets to be perfectly fine, and the other half has to freeze. So I'm going to keep my heater on because I'm cold. Right. Just because, like, one person is like, mm, 68, feeling good, feeling comfortable. It's like, great. All the rest of us have to suffer and, like, get this cold-ass wind blown in our face. Yeah, it's, I, oh, I used to hate that. It'd always be that one person. So it's like, and nobody's going to agree on temperature. We know that. So what, just exactly what you did. It's like, fine, I'll take it upon myself to make myself feel comfortable in this environment. And after I said that, nobody has said a fucking word about my heater since. Well, good. Except one of the other ladies that's cold, later she came up to my desk real quiet like, and she goes, thank you so much for standing up for us. See? That's the thing. Of course. Exactly. And she's just is too scared to say anything. So you were like, what'd you say? You're welcome. Probably. Yeah. Good. I said, girl, it's not right. No, it's not. Everyone should be allowed to be comfortable where they're working. Hell yeah. And that's why you get fired up. <laughs> I'm turning into the June of my office. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> You haven't watched all the seasons yet, have you? Not saying like, June is still good. Just saying you haven't watched all the seasons. How far are you? Well, she's gotten a little crazy. 
Which part? Which time? She's dragged Janine to Chicago. Oh, wow. You are blasting through it. You're going to be well past me because I just started the, the, the next, this next season, I think five or whatever. So. Yeah. Wow. She's dragged Janine to Chicago and she was trying to find the freedom fighters that were actually killing everyone because mm-hmm. she's gone batshit crazy when they started bombing and then Moira tricked her into Canada. Mm-hmm. Also, spoiler alert for those of you just now watching the series. Also, I watched it pre the the Supreme Court decision, so it hits different now. Yeah. So I don't like this. Yeah. It makes me feel gross. It makes me feel icky. I really want to stop watching it, but I cannot. This is mm-hmm. my OCD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Um, I know what you mean. I I don't know what to say. I I've been watching the Dahmer series. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly disgusting and hard to watch. And normally, you know me, I'll blast through that in a weekend. No big deal. I literally had to take breaks. Like right before you came today, I was like, okay, I got a full half of a show. Great. I'm going to stop right here. And then, and then I was like, okay, there's only, surely there's only like what? Eight max episodes. Ten. Ten. I'm like, damn it. But I, I want to, I have to watch it. I, I can't like you. I'm like, I got to finish it now. God dang it. I got to finish it. Yeah. It's very well done. They did a phenomenal job. And it's, wow. It's inc- uncomfortable on purpose, as it should be. It does well, not glorify him at all. Which I am so happy that they didn't do Eating that. people's never the answer. No. God, no. At all. Ugh. I mean, murder's never the answer. But also... And then once you murder them, eating them is never the answer. Well, also don't create, you know, try to create love slaves for yourself. Yeah, There's and, that yeah, too. That's, that's never the answer. No. What, what is never the answer for you today? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm first today. So I am going to do Stacey Lannert. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just want you to keep this phrase in your mind. What was her motivation as we go through this? And also just a heads up, there is an SP, it's sexual abuse in this episode. So again, not your jam. Totally understand. It was hard for me to, Wait, you can just you skip to read, the end. You read something? Well, I mean, well, oh. yeah, get to do research, <laughs> but oh, on, not a book, no. <laughs> on the internet. On the interwebs, exactly. I thought, I thought you were going to tell me you read a book. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Big dick player over here. Watch out. <laughs> Miss, I read a book. I can read a book a day. It I, takes me four weeks. I was getting really excited because I thought you read a book. Well, I haven't had a chance to. So, anyway. So Stacey Lannert was born in St. Louis, Missouri on May 29th, 1972 to Tom and Deborah Lannert. She has one sister, Christy, and for all accounts, she had a pretty average childhood. She said that her and her father were close and that he was her hero. Right around when Stacey turned nine, her paternal grandfather died. So her dad's dad. And her father, Tom, was distraught, according to Stacey. And after this, he was never the same. I just realized you didn't give us her zodiac sign. I know. I, I've, I've been kind of straying away from it, but what would that be? May? I have no clue. Me either. Yeah. I haven't done it in a hot minute. So after her father's dad died, her dad, Tom, started drinking heavily and he quickly became an alcoholic. Really sad. Deborah, I'll call her Deb from now on, was not having it with Tom's drinking. That That's her mother, Deb. So she left. And she took Stacy with her. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. Oh my God. And we're going to talk about my treasure child now? 100%. Not 
happening. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it will happen at the end, I promise. Yeah. I wish, trust me. So with her mom gone, now she left him to go live with her family, but they weren't divorced. She would just like be tired of his bullshit and leave the house for long periods of time. And the two little girls would stay at home with Tom. Oh, but so she would go have her taller tantrum and then come back. It was more like, I don't want to be a part of, this is the impression I'm getting. Again, all of this is our opinions. You know, we don't know these people personally. And these are all based off of like articles we've read by news sources that have done the actual research. So just caveat there. But my understanding is of it, it was more like Deb was like kind of over it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she would kind of do the, fine, get your shit together. I'm going to go live with my family for a minute until you get your shit together. And then she would come back and forth into the girls' lives. But yeah, she did leave the girls with Tom, who was a heavy drinker and not going through a good time instead of what I think probably should have happened was, you're going through a hard time, let's get you help. Take, and also take the girls or, out of the situation. You take your fucking kids away right. from the person you have a fucking problem with. Right. These are the 70s. This is the early 80s. It's like Yeah, and guess what the judges did back then? They gave the moms the custody no matter what. Yep, yep. So Tom started spending more and more time with Stacy, showing her favoritism until at age eight, according to Stacy, he sexually assaulted his daughter. He took her down to the basement and had her perform oral sex on him, saying that she was special and this is what people who loved each other do. Stacy, not having the capacity to know the difference because she was a fucking child, thought that this was something that other little girls did with their fathers too. Well, of course she did because yeah. he made her believe that. Yeah, it's all grooming. It's all yes. unfortunately very, ugh, according to the, the book, it's awful. He was also becoming physically abusive with both girls, and Stacy's abuse eventually progressed to rape at age nine. Right after she was raped, she, scre- she screamed. And according to Stacy, Tom, to- Tom told her that her mom didn't care, so there was no reason to scream. I mean, it's a legitimate thing to say and a legitimate thing to believe because where's mom? Mom's not fucking there. Yeah. And it's hard because... It seems to me the power dynamic lies with Tom here. Tom is probably a little bit more of a, an outspoken type of person and, and maybe Deb is more of a, like a little more of a passive person. And so her solution is, is I'm going to remove myself from the situation. But again, there's daughters here. There's, there's, there's other people. It'd be different if it were just you and him. Then yeah, right. absolutely. Get the fuck out of there. But she, yeah. The yeah, she girls. needed to take her kids. Right. So Stacy started to keep quiet and store her emotions deep inside herself because she figured no one would care. Because if you have your father telling you that these horrible things are happening to you, your mother's not there. She's like, you know what? He's right. No one cares. I'm just going to keep all of this inside. No one needs to know about this. Her mother, aunt, and babysitter suspected something was going on. And with her mom, even taking her to a psychologist at a young age to get tested to see if she had been sexually abused. Stacy denied to that psychologist that she had been. Her mom and aunt were suspicious because they themselves had been victims of sexual abuse. So why did you leave your kids there? I don't know. At age 12, Deb and Tom finally divorced, and Deb married a military man who was stationed in Guam. 
Tom and Deb fought over custody, and it seems like Tom won because Deb moved to Guam without them. So after years of abuse, Stacy attempted suicide at age 14 by taking too many pills. After this, when she did recover, because she didn't succeed, thank God, she realized that her sister was actually her only reason to live. In 1988, Tom moved the family to St. John, Missouri, and Stacy tried to live the quote-unquote normal high school life, you know, boyfriend, going out with friends, all that kind of stuff. And she would never really let anyone close to her personal life or, like, go to her house because it gave her a lot of shame and anxiety to bring anyone back home or to think of the house at all because her father was there. She always felt like it was her fault that she was the one being abused. And that's exactly very, very common for this type of situation. At 17, she had had enough and quit school to move in with her mom in Guam and just to try to get away from her father. But she had to leave her little sister, Christy, behind. And and this has had to have been a hard decision. So the difference here between Deb and and Stacy is obviously age. She's 17. Mm-hmm. She had to quit school yeah. to go all the way to Guam. How is she supposed to do that? Take her sister with her? I mean, there's just... It's just... Almost impossible. Not saying it couldn't have been done, but then she would have had to, and then then Tom may have been up. You see, what I'm saying, but yeah, 17, and I'm assuming because it's Missouri, she may have been categorized as an adult by that point too. Yeah, I mean, different states have different laws as when you're quote unquote legally an adult. Right. Exactly. So possibly there's that too. So it had to have been extremely difficult, especially because she knew what her father was capable of. Mm-hmm. Christy would call Christy. Her sister would call Stacy at all the time to come back. And sometimes Stacy said that she would call her slurring her words drunk. And Christy was only around 14 or 15 years old. So was Christy not being abused too? Mm-mm. Not according to what we know. Christy told Stacy that the reason why she was drunk is because her father, Tom, had started to get her to drink with him. And so this scared Stacy. She was like, oh shit, it's going to start again. He's going to do to her what he did to me. Mm-hmm. And he's basically getting her drunk to do it. And so this was the final straw. So she came back. She was like, I, one time, Christy called her, said it was an emergency. Stacy, not seeing any other way out at the time, went back to Missouri. So she was only in Guam for two months. In April 1990, Stacy came back home and the cycle of abuse started again with Tom. On May 28th, 1998, at her 18th birthday, Stacy said that her dad raped her, threw $40 at her, and said, happy birthday. Months later, on July 4th, 1990, 4th of July here in the States, Stacy and Christy went to a local fair with friends after Stacy had had a fight with her father. So this feels very much like a movie to me. Right. You know, like... We're just all going to get out and just forget. It's the 4th of July. Exactly. Independence Day. We're going to go have some hot dogs and, and hang out with friends and forget that we live this horrendous life for a moment. Mm-hmm. The girls obviously didn't want to go back home again after the fair, but they realized that they had to because, get this, they left their new puppy inside the house and Tom had been threatening to kill it. So they were really scared that he would kill their baby puppy. So they figured that what they could do they could do what they always did, sneak into the house to the basement window, grab the dog, and run away for good. They I know. should have had that thought before they left and took 
Fried-o with them. Right. I think the thought was like, they were finally out of the house. They were at the fair with their friends and they're like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let's just forget it. Let's just get out of here. And then they were like, good, let's do it. And they're like, oh shit. The baby puppy is back at the house. We can't. And I get it. I get it. I, I, (sighs) poor little girls. So Stacy and Christy really didn't have a plan. They just knew that they couldn't stay there any longer. So at 4.40 a.m. on July 4th, 1990, technically July 5th at that point, but they drove home and sneaked through the basement window to get inside the house to get their puppy. Stacy heard her father wake up, start making noises upstairs, and she thought to herself, you know what? Quote, they were leaving this house no matter what. Stacy went into their downstairs area to grab a gun that she knew would be there because that's where her father had put it. She walked upstairs to where her father was because she said that she wasn't sure what to expect when she got there. She had a feeling that she knew this was going to happen. He was passed out drunk again, so she propped her gun up on a ledge and shot him in the shoulder. So this is how I understand it. He was drunk on the living room couch upstairs. She, and, and it, from the photos of the house, it was like an old school, like 70s, 80s house with like mm-hmm. the banister, the wooden banisters. So my thought is she probably placed it in between the banisters, saw him sleeping and thinking, okay, I'll make it quick. Maybe I can just shoot him in his sleep and then we can just leave. Mm-hmm. Right. But she only shot him in the shoulder. So Tom woke up. He started screaming that he had a broken collarbone being completely drunk and not knowing what had actually happened, of course, because he was passed out. He told Stacy to call 911 and she started to help him do this. And then he started screaming at her again and started to get aggressive. So she thought, this has got to end. So think about that. She was like, oh my God, I'm so, you know, like, okay, for sure, for sure. Call, starting to call 911 on the house phone. And then she's like, what am I doing? Like, this guy is going to keep doing this. Right. So she shot him one more time in the forehead and killed him. He fell back on the couch behind him and Stacy ran out of the house with a gun. So this whole time her sister Christy was in the basement and heard the gunshots and then she ran out whenever she, you know, heard this, saw her sister. And the next day, Stacy got with an older acquaintance about what to do with the gun and they helped her dispose of it. She should have never consulted anyone else. I know. I know. It was, obviously none of this was planned. Well, This is all just a... Spur of the moment, we're fucking ending this shit, and this is how we're going to end it. And it's not right. I don't agree with it, but I get it. So she started telling the cops everything, saying that she was at peace finally, and after six hours of questioning, the cops asked if she would do a videotaped walkthrough of the crime scene. She was like, yeah, for sure. But her one stipulation was that they couldn't film in the room where she killed her dad, the living room. She was like, look, I'll, I'll reenact it in another room, but not the living room. And it was it was kind of odd because they did it in the kitchen. That's weird. Yeah, but it also, to me, shows that she knows she did something wrong. Well, yeah, 100%. Like, she, she was like, I, I can't face my own self knowing that I had committed this act, you know? But here's the problem. She's explaining all of this in detail with no emotion. So this struck a chord with a lot of the cops because they were used to seeing people break down or be visually upset in some way during questioning and walking through the crime scene. But she's not. She's just like, yeah, and then I went here, and then I shot him over there, and then this happened, and then I ran out. You know, very much like that, very Mm matter-of-factly. And to them, they're thinking, 
oh, this girl's definitely a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. So according to the National Library of Medicine abstract, quote, it is hypothesized that traumatic experiences lead to known PTSD symptoms, empathic ability impairment, and difficulties in sharing affective emotional or cognitive states. So her reaction is actually not that uncommon, let alone the years of abuse, which often causes people to go inside themselves instead of expressing their emotions, which she had a very distinct, very distinct, like, memory of that with her father. Yeah. So, of course, she would shove everything down inside her. Of course. She also had a lot of gaps in her story, like she had forgotten, which is another common thing among abuse survivors. They're able to block out large periods of time that may or not, may not be painful. So it, would, it could have even just been like you went to the grocery store and came home and then did this. She may have missed out the, uh, that entire chunk of I went to the grocery store simply because her brain is being trained to lose time on purpose. Right. So again, it's pretty common in situations like hers. The cops had tried to co- corroborate her story of sexual abuse, but according to them, there was no substantial evidence, so they could not prove this. Because she never told anyone. Correct. And the one time she went to a psychologist, she said she was never sexually abused. Now, again, very common because she feels guilt and shame. It's my fault. I'm letting my dad do this to Mm -hmm. me, which she was not. No, never. So, of course, she is going to feel that way. The prosecution interviewed a friend of Stacy's that said that she'd actually tried to hire a hitman before this in order to get her father's money which was $100,000 or $226,684 today. I mean, first of all, is that friend even telling the truth? I don't know. I mean, and it just... Much like your story. <laughs> Hitmen don't really exist. If they do, then you don't know them. Yeah, exactly right. They're not in the back of Soldier of Fortune, everyone. No. Or on Craigslist. No. God, no. And also, it's... If, even if she did say that, she obviously was looking for a way out. Yes. She, she, something, something real bad was going on in that house. Her defense tried to argue that she was a battered woman and that she was acting in self-defense. Now, this is weird. Okay, so I tried to understand this exactly, but basically what they were trying to do is say that she was always feeling like she was in imminent danger. Yes. So the Lorena Bobbitt defense, which is actually proven. So if you're constantly being battered or abused in any way, then even if the abuse isn't happening, you still feel the exact same way as if it were. Yeah. So you're at that heightened emotional state. And when any little thing kind of trips you up, throws you off by that person, this is more likely to happen. Mm -hmm. The judge threw this out because at the time of the murder, her father was not actively attacking or abusing her. So the jury was told to ignore this. Several expert witnesses testified on her behalf saying that, yes, she was actually a victim of abuse. And then the jury came back with a guilty verdict. Of course they did. Yeah. It's 1990. Yeah. She was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole at age 18 on December 15th, 1990. Her sister, Christy, was tried and convicted of conspiracy to commit murder and sentenced to five years she served two and a half and was released. She was in the basement. She didn't even know what was going on. I know. During her time in jail, Stacy had been helping to train dogs to become helpers for disabled people. Oh, I've seen the 
program on prison shows. Right. I was like, I forgot that that was a thing. And, and just so you know, I, I did watch an episode of uh, Women Behind Bars. Mm-hmm. And you get to see her talking about it. And you can tell it's really rewarding. She's actually really enjoying it. She's like, yeah, and you know, I'm just starting to make a life here and just figure my way. I mean, obviously, I would love to be out. But if I'm not, then I'm content, you know? And and there was a cute dog in it, too, which was always helpful. I was like, oh, cute puppy. You and the dogs. I know. She said that what she liked about prison was that she has control over her body and what happens to it. She said that she does not have any regrets about what she did and that she wishes she had found a different way to make the abuse stop. And I agree. Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I did the wrong thing. I don't have regrets because that man was horrible, but... Desperate people do desperate things, though. They don't do it because they're thinking rationally. They're doing it because they're fucking desperate and they don't have a choice. Yes, exactly. After her trial, though, some jury members expressed that they had wished they had known about the sexual abuse at the trial. They didn't know about any of it because it was told to leave out. So if you just have that evidence, who wouldn't convict? Exactly. Yep. Three governors declined clemency for her. But on January 2009, Governor Matt Blunt granted her the clemency she requested all these years. He, she was released, and he had determined that she had suffered enough at the hands of her father. So... They just basically let her go. Stacy has gone on to write a book about her survival through abuse called Redemption, a story of sisterhood, survival, and finding freedom behind bars by Stacy Lannert. Now that is something to read for sure. And has founded Healing Sisters, a resource for women who have suffered abuse. So here's the thing though. I tried to find the website for Healing Sisters, but it wasn't there anymore. So I don't know if it exists still. This was back in 2009, so. So maybe they're. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But Stacy has gone on to be featured as a guest on the Piers Morgan Tonight Show, the Joy Behar Show, and with Big O, Oprah. Of course Big O would get her. <laughs> if you or someone you love is a victim of any abuse, go to wantatalkaboutit.com to find resources. And as always, we love you guys. Do not feel like it is your fault. It's not. Nope. Get to a safe place, find someone who is willing to help you out of the situation. There are plenty of resources and definitely want to talk about it.com is great because it's actually, I didn't know this, linked to Netflix. Like I think Netflix either founds it or supports it. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the website, it kind of looks like Netflix on purpose, which is great. Oh yeah. And yeah. I bet it's one of those websites. If you hit the escape key, mm-hmm. it disappears. Right. So heads up. But so what do you think? A lot of people are torn on Stacy actually. Because when I was watching that Women Behind Bars, the cop, one of the sheriffs put her behind bars, was like, she's a cold-blooded killer. She knew what she was doing. She had it out for him. She was never sexually abused. Of course they would say that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, who are we? Only people that know what happened are the people in that situation. We know, right? Mm -hmm. However, if even the people around her, like her babysitter, her babysitter, not even family, wouldn't notice that potential abuse was happening. Come on, guys. Smoke and fire. If she was a cold-blooded killer and she was released in 2009, she would already be back in prison for killing again. Exactly right. It's been how many years now? Don't make me math. Don't make me math either. (laughs) My brain ain't mathing today for sure. But yeah, that was... It was an interesting one. It was, like I said, it was hard to read some parts. I was like, oh, this is bad. So, Stacey, I hope you're having a wonderful life. That's that's what I care about. And this just goes to show you that 
we can all be, we can all have bad moments. We can all do terrible things and it doesn't mean we're a terrible person. Exactly right. Yep. So Desperate people do desperate things. Exactly. Now I'm ready for a treasure child. I definitely need a palate cleanser after that one. <laughs> okay. Well, have you ever heard of Franziska Thalman? No. I love that name though. Franziska is beautiful. Well, she was born and raised in Louisiana. Ooh. Our neighbors to the... What is that? South East? Yeah. Our neighbors to the East. Who dat? (laughs) She she grew up learning about the coastal erosion crisis on the Louisiana coast. Mm -hmm. I assume that most kids probably do. And she also saw a lack of recycling options that were available. And the lack of recycling was frustrating to her. And so while she was in college at Tulane University... Nice. So she wasn't stupid. <laughs> she realized that she needed to do something about these problems. So guess what she did? Did she start her own? Did she go out there and do it herself? She founded the New Orleans New Orleans first glass recycling plant while she was still in college. <laughs> Amazing. It's called Glass Half Full. Oh, I like it. So while she was at Tulane... Franziska was recognized by the chemical engineering faculty for outstanding performance and in, and inducted into the National Engineering Honors Fraternity. That's amazing. She's not stupid, y'all. Now she heads up the research and development for projects like coastal projection and restoration, new glass products, and process designs. So Glass Half Full collects glass in New Orleans and converts it to beach-like sand and glass cullet. Glass cullet is basically crushed glass and it requires less energy to melt down. So the glass sand and cullet are then used for disaster relief, eco-construction, new glass products, and a whole bunch of other things. Holy crap. So Glass Half Full, they collect the glass around New Orleans for free with the help of volunteers. Nice. They so far they have kept two million pounds of glass out of the New Orleans landfill. Holy crap. They have also partnered with local artists who make liquid glass jewelry from the recycled glass bottles they collect. And you can shop for said jewelry on their website. Oh fun. That's great. And it supports them, obviously. Yes. How freaking cool. I love glass. I love, you know me in a blown glass. Get out of here. I need to watch that show, by the way. Yes. Blown Away on Netflix? Yes, it's amazing. Bobby, right? Uh-huh. God dang it. Okay. It's amazing. So you can follow Glass Half Full on Instagram at glasshalffull.nola. They're on TikTok at glasshalffull.nola. And Franziska herself is on Instagram at Franziska. F-A-R-A-N-Z-E-E-S-K. That's cute. S-K-A, sorry. Yeah. That's That's my treasure child. That's all I got. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love that. I mean, it's also like, it sounds, it's like. For me, it was like, why aren't they recycling glass? This is a duh. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing about the recycling industry John Oliver actually does a phenomenal job of kind of covering all the ins and outs of it, but 
Yeah, I had no idea there was like that. Like you said, like, aren't you guys already recycling glass? Like when I put the shit in the recycling bin, doesn't it mean that that goes to glass recycling? Like where does it go if it doesn't go there? But that's phenomenal. Two million pounds already. I mean, shoot. And who doesn't want some cute earrings? I mean, I, do. I checked out the shop. Some cute stuff. Yeah. <gasps> that's amazing. Cute stuff. I love that. How cool. Good job, Francesca. That is so cool. And what a resourceful way to, and, and I was going to, I was going to say simple. I knew it's definitely not a simple solution, but in, in the grand scheme, it's like such an, all you got to do is grind it down to make other things. You know what I mean? we're already using it in other places. It's just, she was like, Hey, why not just have a place to do it? <laughs> like, how do we not have a place to do this? Yeah. I was like, what? What? Yeah. I'm like, huh? That's incredible. Well, great. I'm so happy. That's great. That's a good one. Thanks. I feel yeah. like I kind of no cheated everyone this week. No, God, no. Well, the other thing is like we're doing treasure children. So they're, they're only like 17 years old on average. So they haven't, you know, had this entire span of life oh. <laughs> yet to talk about. She also had, I should have put this in. I didn't because, okay, New Orleans, Cajun. Names with a lot of consonants and not a lot of vowels that I can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. So Glass Half Full does have a mascot, and it's Francisca's dog. Oh, my god! Her name is Miss TSC and a whole bunch of other letters that I couldn't pronounce, and I didn't want to talk about it because I can't say the dog's name. What kind of dog is she? I don't remember. Oh, and she has a mascot. I love Glass that. Glass Half Full has a mascot. I'm obsessed. I knew you would love it, but I literally took it out last night because I'm like, I can't say this. Dude, y'all Nolanses are crazy with those names. Like, bless. It's it's a full of rich heritage, and I'm with you. I'm, I try so hard sometimes. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> I knew I was going to butcher it six ways to Sunday, right. and I was like, I'm not even going to attempt this. Yeah, for real. But But they're incredible. But I do love me some Cajun food. Oh my God, I know. Like real Cajun food? Oh yeah. Shut up. And like, they're such nice people. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Want to talk about a whole type of Meemaw? Totally different type of Meemaw. Oh yeah. I want me a Cajun Meemaw. Mm -hmm. Because you know she knows how to cook them mud bugs, but at the same time, you know, she gives good hugs and stuff. Mm -hmm. mm, I love it. Talking shit at your, can we have your Meemaw? Right. Do you got a good Meemaw you can share? We need a Meemaw, y'all. I think we all just need a collective hug anymore with the world. Dolly is the world's Meemaw. That's true. You know what? You're right. Dolly World, if you put that on a t-shirt, I better get some kickback. Honestly, just let us go for the weekend to one of those cabins y'all have. And meet her one time. Seriously. Honestly, guys, seriously, Dollywood looks amazing. Yes, I want a cabin. I want to stay in the cabin. They have fucking cabins, dudes. And it's not expensive. No, it's not like what no. you would think. It's not like a Disney World price where you're like, I'm going to spend no. $10,000 a week here. Nope. Nope. You're very reasonably priced. Yep. Gorgeous views in like the, the countryside, mm-hmm. like all these trees. Bless that kidding? sweet lady's heart at the <sighs> True Crime Podcast Festival that told us about it. I know. We saw two people. We saw that guy had oh, a t-shirt. Oh, the guy with the Dollywood shirt. As soon as we saw it, we're like, he me, was, sir. yeah, sir. And he was like, oh, it was great. He was like, I was like, sir, where'd you get that shirt? And he was like, Dollywood, duh. And I'm like, of course you did. Yeah. We tried to find Dollywood t-shirts online, which I mean, you can find some, but like we wanted like the official. 
I think I was got distracted in the middle of that task. I'm going to have to continue that. We'll we'll put a pin in it. Come back. But if any of y'all have been to Dollywood, hell, let us know. Oh my God. That would be great to know actually. Yes. It's interesting how everyone loves Dolly. And if anyone has a bad thing to say about Dolly, that's how you know they're not your friend anymore. I will fight you. Yeah. Murder then becomes the answer. (laughs) That's when you know murder is the answer. It's your one and only time it's allowed. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Well, on that note. (laughs) We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.